pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 134. Today I'm going to chat with a police officer from Germany, talk about more gun proposals being pushed onto Virginia, and discuss the new Diamondback BDX. I'm your host, Ava Flanell, and how are you doing today? I'm fine. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. So if anybody, I'm sure people are wondering why I didn't say your name, and that is because you are a police officer in Germany, and I mean, you hold a pretty high position, and it's probably best if we don't say your name just because of some of the things that we're going to talk about. So just to clarify that with any of the listeners. But before we get into it, I'm going to talk about Manicore Arms real quick. So um, if you guys own a Tavor, either the SAR or the X95, I would highly recommend the Luma Safety. It works on both sides, either right or left. And yeah, it's it's only $29.95, and you can get that at manicorearms.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15, and that gets you 15% off. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right. So just to clarify with listeners and how I found you is we were actually, you attended SHOT Show this last, uh, you know, 2020 and we were both heading to uh SIG range day and we were on the bus. And, uh, I think actually the, my friends that I was with, they commented on something that you were wearing and then you sat next to us and we got to talking and, I couldn't believe some of the things that you were saying that, you know, goes on in Germany. And I wanted to have you on the show just because I think it's pretty eye opening. And, you know, and it could potentially, you know, it just goes to show that things could change drastically. And, you know, and I kind of want the US to wake up a little bit and, you know, and to take a little bit more of a stance when it comes to gun rights so that we don't end up like some of these other countries. And, um, you know, not to say that Germany is bad or anything. I've actually been to Germany. It's really beautiful. But um, as far as gun laws, like what can you tell us, you know, what, what kind of gun laws do you have in Germany? So basically, I would say we have very strict gun laws. Mm-hmm. So um, beginning with uh, with knives, we talked about this. So a lot of types of knives are forbidden, like balisong knives, daggers, so body songs are forbidden completely. Uh, same with out the front knives. So then you have uh, quite strict limitations for carrying maybe daggers. Normally you're not allowed to carry it. Mm-hmm. Only maybe hunters. Same for regular daggers, push daggers, uh, something like this. So you can only carry it if you are a hunter or you are in the leather working industry maybe. So you can carry it. Yeah, and you also have uh, strict limitations when carrying uh, one-handed opening knives. So that's also very limited. You need a a legal reason for that. And there are more and more coming, uh, especially in the bigger cities, that you have uh, like gun-free zones. So that contains everything. Uh, Of course, uh, handguns, knives, and everything what can be used as a weapon. So that's quite strict. And uh, concerning handguns, so we have, I would say, we have one of the strictest laws uh, on the whole planet. What are those laws? Like what kind of, because you're a police officer, so are you, well, okay, let's say, uh, assuming police officers, you have uh, more rights than citizens, like you're able to uh, have a gun in your possession? No, I have not. So I can, what I can do is carry my service gun, uh, off duty. So when I'm on my way to the department or on the way back home, also in the free time, that's possible, not everywhere, but it's a little bit more relaxed. Mm-hmm. But, uh, for my private guns, uh, I have to obey the same laws that a, a regular citizen, then a, a civilian. And what are some of those laws? Like what if, so, if if somebody wanted to get a gun, what what are the hoops that they would have to go through? So you have to to join a gun club. Then you have uh, 
to make uh, several trainings. I think it's uh, at least uh, 18 trainings in a year. Wow. And if this year has passed, uh, you can um, go on with the paperwork uh, with the gun club and you can write to the department and then you can get your license. So that means you can buy a gun and the ammunition for the gun. So you but, have to, so just to kind of backtrack. So the first thing you have to do is join a gun club. And are there a lot of gun clubs uh, within Germany or is it kind of hard to find? There's still some gun clubs around, but just for, I would say regular shooting. So it's, it's, it's very basic. It's most of, most of this is uh, like shooting paper targets. Okay. So you have, you have no chance as a civilian and even as a police officer, it's not possible to make defensive shooting. Okay. So, that's so you join this gun club and then you have to do, you have to train, you have to go to 18 different classes. Mm-hmm. And at That's these right. classes, are they just teaching you how to safely use a firearm or? No, that's just basically shooting. Okay. Only shooting so, so that, that you, you can uh, prove that you, that you made some shots with a, um, with a, with this gun or with a gun in the caliber you want or in a similar caliber. Okay. And then you can, if, if you, if you made this, you have to uh, make a license. So that's, knowing the laws, uh, knowing gun safety. And if you have this license, you can apply uh, for getting the firearms license. And if, if you got this one, then you can go buy uh, and buy a, a gun. And does it take, and you said it takes a year before you're able to get a gun? Absolutely, yeah. Wow. So let's no, say, no you know, yeah. So let's say, you know, let's say I suddenly feel like my life's in danger and, or I just got out of a bad divorce and my husband, my ex-husband, you know, he is, I feel kind of threatened from my life and I decide that I want to get a gun. So it'll still take me a year by the time, well, if everything goes accordingly, by the time yeah. I'm able to get a gun. That's right. Wow. That's crazy. And then what kind of guns are you guys limited to? Are there, um, do you have like, uh, mag capacity limitations or are you limited to certain types of, uh, different guns, like certain actions? Yeah. Um, you need, um, uh, you, you have to prove that you shoot uh, several disciplines. So you're also limited, uh, with buying guns. So you, can, for example, you, you cannot buy, uh, five different guns in nine millimeter. So that just doesn't work. So you can, you can buy one and if maybe you buy a Glock 17 uh-huh. and if you want to buy then a, a VP nine by HK. So you, you need a reason why you need a, a, the next gun in nine millimeter. So if, if you buy, maybe you buy a revolver in three, five, seven. So that's no problem. You can shoot in other dis- disciplines with it. But if you want to buy several guns in the same caliber, so that's, that's quite difficult. Wow. And, and how do you go about? So let's say, you know, you do want to have multiple handguns that are chambered in nine millimeter. So do you have to write to somebody and request it or what, what do you have to go yes. through to, to yeah, obtain that? That's, that's, uh, one thing. So you, you need, you need a reason for it. Maybe, uh, you, 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 what you, what you can do, you can say you, you buy just a regular service gun like a Glock or HK for regular disciplines. Maybe you, you join another club and you say you want to shoot IPSC disciplines, uh, and you want a custom gun in nine millimeter. So then you can apply for the, for the another one. That won't be a problem, but it, I think it's almost impossible to get several regular guns. So maybe you want to buy a Glock 17, a Glock 19, a Glock 30, uh, 34. So that doesn't work. Wow. And so once you, so let's say, okay, you join the gun club, you take 18 classes and then you apply for your conceal or not your concealed carry. You apply for your permit to buy a gun. Um, how, what are the chances that you would get approved? I mean, does the government at times just not approve somebody and just, you know, just because of it? Uh, normally not. So if you didn't commit a crime or you got, um, you got a got a lawsuit or something ongoing, mm-hmm. so th- then it gets approved. 
after after this time. Okay, so as long as you have a clean a clean record, you most likely will get approved. Absolutely. Okay. But it also it, it also can be rejected also when it's approved. I, I had this uh, with a friend of mine. Uh, so we had a, a lawsuit going on. Uh, it was nothing nothing big. It just an uh, yeah. It, it was just an incident in the traffic uh, where yeah he was arguing with two guys and. Uh, yeah, they, they went to the police. He went to the police, and so it ended up with a with a five year break. So he had to give back his gun license, and he, he got it back after five years. Wow! So he had he had to reapply for it. So that that is the normal time. So if if you have a like a lawsuit or something with the police going on, they investigate. So they are quite quite fast in uh, rejecting your firearms possession license. So as a police officer, I'm sure that you see a lot of crime and, you know, you deal with a lot of criminals. Do they typically have a lot of weapons on them? Not this much firearms. So that is, so that is quite rare. Thank God for that. Uh, in, in my area, but uh, what is really increasing is uh, crimes with, uh, with uh, criminals carrying knives. Okay, and most, do you... of them, most of them are illegal knives, so they are not allowed to carry it. Okay, and do you think that there's been an increase in crime? Because I mean, do you think that the criminal, let's say somebody is going to break into somebody's house, do you think that they're more likely to break into that person's house because they assume that they're not armed? Yeah, that that can happen. I I know uh, some cases where where the criminals they chose uh, houses of of elderly people. Because they knew there's some money or some valuables inside. Mm-hmm. People are older and a high chance that they are not armed. Do you know, um, has Germany always been this strict with gun laws? No. When did it's getting more, it, it's getting more and more stricter. They, so, ju- they just uh, made it stricter last month, uh, with, in February. So ne- next type is that, that, uh, they restrict the maximum capacities. And what did they restrict it to? For a sport shooter, they, I think it's it's already active. They restricted the magazine capacities for uh, uh, for rifles like AR-15 types uh-huh. uh, to ten rounds magazines. Okay. So there there is still uh, a time where you can um, where you can go to the to firearms department and say I have these and these magazines. But I think a time will come when they get illegal. So for right now, so what you're saying is if somebody owns a magazine that exceeds 10 rounds, are they grandfathered into owning it or do they have to turn it in? I'm not sure about this, how it will develop, but you cannot buy them legally from uh, when the law is um, When it goes into effect. When, yeah, absolutely. So, but what are people supposed to do with the magazines that they have now that exceed 10 rounds? So I think, uh, the people that don't want to get in trouble, they, uh, they give it back or they destroy it. Okay. Or the people they want, that want to keep it, they have to do, to hide it somewhere. Okay. So they, so, think- so they can't just keep it just because they owned it previously. They have no choice but to either become a criminal by keeping it and hiding it or turning it over. Yeah. Well, one, one possibility is that you, that you apply a, a limitation device inside the magazine. So okay. that it's still a, a 30, maybe it's like a 30 round magazine, but it, it, uh, it only keeps 10 rounds. Okay. Because of the limitation, but it's, yeah. Hmm. So it's something easy to attach and easy to remove. So. Interesting. I'm going to take a quick break and talk about SB Tactical. So uh, they have the SIG MPX brace. And if you guys have shot any of the MPXs, um, the brace that it comes with, I, I wasn't a fan. It moved around a lot. I would highly recommend replacing it with the MPX PSB brace. And that is on their website for $199. But if you use the code GUNFUNNY15, you will get 15% off that cost. And that is at sb-tactical.com. 
So another thing that you brought up, and this isn't really, this isn't gun related, but I thought it was interesting. So there's been a lot of regulations on vehicles in Germany. And can you kind of explain what those regulations are and like how it's affected the economy? Yeah, because uh, we have a very strong uh, politic section with it, uh, cares a lot of uh, climate change and um, CO2 emissions. And uh, the regulations are very strict concerning uh, diesel engines. And you need a special, uh, you, ha- you have some emission classes for the cars in Germany. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of lot of people are forced uh, to buy new cars because of that. And I mean, so this could even be like, let's say somebody has a car and it's like ten years old. Typically, yeah. if it was ten years old, I mean, would it? Do you think that the emissions test that they that they have now? Do you think that it would pass? No. So as a result, people have no choice but to buy brand new cars that will have passed emissions. Otherwise, they can't get to and from work or, you know, even just around uh, to run errands and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when we were talking, the cost of vehicles is a lot more than than the cost that we see here in the U.S. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. So what would be the average cost for a vehicle there? So uh, one example, I think we were talking about this. Uh, one and a half year ago, I was looking for a new car because I wanted to buy a pickup. Mm-hmm. And my, my favorite pickup was a Toyota Tacoma, which is uh, quite popular in the United States. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, it's really hard to get in Germany because they are imported. So they normally they are not, they are not sold here. So when I was, uh, 2018, I was with my family in California. So I was also checking some, uh, some Toyota dealers for the prices. And if I remember correctly, they were starting around yeah, 20,000, a little bit more. There was the entry price. Mm-hmm. And when I checked on the, on the German sites, the used models that were interesting for me, they started uh, around 40,000 euro. Wow. And so what would be that, con- what the conversion with the US dollar and the euro what would be uh, at the moment? At the moment, the euro is around uh, one dollar ten. Okay. Yeah, so that's pretty expensive. Yeah, that's right. So I'm I'm not I'm not sure how how much the the German cars cost in the United States. What I know from friends of mine so that are they are also uh, pricey, mm-hmm. but but quite popular. Yeah. I would say. But you have you also have a very strong uh, car industry in the United States and uh, a lot of great cars. I love I love the United States cars. So that's funny because a lot of people here. So like for example, a lot of the cars that I've owned, like so I've owned a Lexus, which is Toyota, and that's yeah. not U.S. made, or uh, Infinity, which is Nissan, and it's it's kind of like hit or miss sometimes, like the U.S. made cars. Some of them can be great and then others can just be, you know, just very problematic. So yeah. it's, it's funny how, you know, other people are like, Oh, if it's us made, it's great. You know? And then for the Americans that are here, it's kind of hit or miss with certain vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what you also can see is that, uh, the German car industry is really struggling at the moment. And why do you say that? Because most of the companies, they, um, they only work for three days a week because they have problems to sell their cars. Wow. And it's, it's one of the biggest employer in the, in Germany is the, the car industry and all the companies who belong to it. So who make tires, brakes and all the stuff that you need to build a car. Hmm. Interesting. I so didn't I have, know that. I have lo- lots of friends uh, that are working in the car industry and everybody tells me the same story doesn't doesn't matter which company if it's if it's bmw audi mercedes doesn't matter every company has the same problems interesting and going back to like uh firearms so how like just how many citizens would you say you know from like one to ten how many citizens typically own a gun 
I, I cannot say uh, the official numbers, but I would say. I mean, just kind of like, would you say like 50% or 20% or? I think maybe between 10 and 20%. Okay. And do you, I mean, does it seem like a lot of people in Germany are pro-gun or, or do they kind of lean towards, you know, being anti-gun with the government aside? Um, it's more uh, mainly anti-gun, I would say. So what is what is still very popular in Germany, what is on the rise is uh, hunting. So hunting has a, a long tradition in Germany. And what you also can see is that a lot of people making hunting licenses because uh, you have uh, not the strict regulations than for sport shooters. So as a hunter, you can uh, you can buy a lot of stuff. So you can buy silencers, you can get um, like red dot sights and everything around. You can also buy shorter, shorter barreled uh, AR rifles, mm -hmm. which is not allowed for sport shooters. Interesting. So you're talking about like short barrel rifles. Yeah. Not like basically uh, rifles that have been converted into pistols. And yeah, then so you, do you people... cannot buy this one as a sport shooter. But if you're a hunter, you can. You can, yeah, exactly. And then same with, so suppressor, do you have to go through a bunch of paperwork in order to get a suppressor if you're a hunter? Uh, I'm not sure because I, I'm not a hunter, but I think it's not that uh, not that difficult. If you have a hunting license and the rifles for it, it's no big deal to buy a silencer. And you know how it is here in the U.S. when people want to get uh, like an SBR or a suppressor. They have to, you know, pay like the $200 tax stamp, do all this paperwork. And then on average, it takes about nine months, if not, you know, give or take for you to get approved. And then you can have that item. But it's, I've always thought it was funny because in other countries, suppressors are almost seen as like, it's almost like a way of shooting politely so that because it's, you know, it's hearing safe. So it's almost, you know, polite to use a suppressor when shooting, whereas here, you know, everybody just kind of makes a big deal about it and they assume that a suppressor silences the entire gun, which is not true. But as a result, you know, there's just a lot of, a lot more regulations on them. Yeah. So that's, that's the same in Germany. The main reason why the hunters are allowed um, is for, for, for protecting the, the hearing and the other hunters. Hmm. So Interesting. And, um, so what kind of, like, as a police officer, what kind of training do you, do you, do police officers get? So if you're a regular police officer, for, like on patrol, uh, it's just very basic shooting training. And what would you say is basic? This only, it's, it, it has developed a little bit in the last years, but most of the time I'm more than 20 years on the job now. It was really a lot of shooting while standing, shooting on paper targets, but no, not much reactive shooting or defensive shooting. Very, very basically. And I think if I remember correctly, you said that if anything, they don't, like the government doesn't really want you guys to train that much. Yeah, that's right. And why do you think that is? Are they just... They just don't think it's necessary or they don't want you guys to, I don't know, I guess, be more educated in that realm. Yeah, I think they they want to sell because, because as you know, I was uh, more than 10 years in the SWAT teams. Mm -hmm. um, so they want to tell all the people that uh, something really bad is happening if you have some gang crime or shootings. So the SWAT teams arrives and they are highly trained and highly issued uh, with a with a lot of good guns and stuff and um so they can they can solve it and the regular police guy just don't need it hmm. interesting uh regular uh police guy in our country um, country is not allowed to carry a taser you are not allowed to uh carry a weapon light so that is only for the SWAT teams and why is, what's like, what's the big deal with the weapon light? In Germany, it's like this. If you, if you point the gun uh -huh. to somebody, 
it is like um, you 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 only are allowed to do it if you can shoot him. So they uh, are scared that a lot of police guys won't train uh, with it, and most of them are not quite good trained with a mm -hmm. uh, with a service gun. So uh, they are scared that a lot of guys point with their guns and with their gun light uh, to some people, and they are scared of accidental discharges. Hmm. Okay. Anything else that you want to talk about as far as like what's going on in in Germany and other countries? Yeah, concerning uh, concerning the police, or what do you mean? Uh, I mean, just in general, just you know, like what's going on with the laws, and do you kind of? I mean, do you see like the U.S. kind of heading in that direction? As far as I know, yeah. What I what I saw uh, in my last um, visits and talking with, uh, with my friends in the United States, I think it's developing a little bit in this direction. But what uh, the big difference? Uh, what and it's something what I really love in the United States. They are still real patriots, and this is something that I am missing in Germany. So lot, you have, we have a very much people that are anti-military, anti-police, anti-gun, and um, there is still a lot of people talking about uh, yeah the Nazi stuff and the Second World War time. And, uh, yeah, what it just you, gets boring. What so? What do they say about like what like the Nazi era? A lot of times you just when you're in the police or military, this is happening regularly that you that you are on the streets. Some guys call you you're you're a Nazi because you are in the military, because you're in the police, because you carry guns, because uh, you control uh, illegal immigrants. So that's wow. Um, yeah, quite getting worse. Wow. I would say. Dang. So, and, but meanwhile, here in the US, I mean, there are people that aren't the biggest fans of like police officers and obviously the government and stuff, but there's a lot of people that are still backing the police officers and, and even the police officers, like the sheriffs. Uh, there's a lot of like sanctuary cities now popping up when, uh, certain laws are passed. Like I know here in Colorado, when the red flag law was passed, a lot of different counties, the sheriffs in those counties are saying that they're not going to enforce it. So I think that, you know, that gains a lot of support from people that are against that. And, you know, and then there's, there's like rallies and stuff and, you know, people that are still fighting to keep our rights, but you're saying that typically you don't really see that in Germany. Yeah. This, this has more and more decreased in the, in the past years. Hmm. So I could say in my, in the time, um, since I started in the police, the respect towards police and military has decreased very much. Interesting. And then as, as the, and I don't know if you'll know the answer to this, but as the gun laws increase, have you seen an increase in crime or a decrease? I would say, more an increase. Interesting. It 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 it, it did it didn't make it better. So yeah. you 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 notice you notice uh, issue the same same thing everywhere. Uh, if you see maybe uh, United Kingdom, they they restricted. I think they have the strictest gun laws on earth, and uh, they they forbid everything, carrying knives and other stuff. And the criminals, they just don't care for it. Mm -hmm. And it's the same in Germany. So you can literally forbid everything, but the criminals just don't care. So Yeah, so it's really just the law-abiding citizens that are abiding by those laws and they're unarmed, but the criminals obviously don't abide by the laws. And they, you know, and I mean, even if you look at jail, like there's people that are making, you know, like homemade knives and stuff. So it's, it's pretty yeah. easy to do and, you know, and, and they don't care. They've already broken the law. So they're going to have, you know, weapons and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. 
and I think wasn't it London? So once they banned knives, it was uh I think like stabbings and knife related deaths like uh were like the highest of all time or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when they, what I remember when they when they forbid uh, regular light knives, the criminals uh, they uh, started to carry carpet cutters, so it, which are really ho- horrible knives. What, so you can. What what so what what is the knife called? Uh, for for cutting cutting carpets. Oh okay. These these, these razor blades and. Um, if you have ever cut yourself with a blade like this, so you can create horrible injuries. And so that are really cheap. These are throwaway knives. So you can buy it in a construction market for a few bucks. And um, if the police wants to control you, you just throw it away and buy the next one. Wow. And when they also forbid this one, a lot of guys started to carry poison, like like a poison, uh, poison or acid in... Uh, with with them in in small uh, small uh, bottles or and what are they uh, that's crazy so for one so where did they get the poison and what did they expect to do with it like put in somebody's drink no they they, they um like 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 acids for 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 cleaning some stuff they 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 uh, spread it in in the eyes of their opponents or in the face so to to cause uh, several injury wow severe injury and there's really nothing that any of these people can do because they're unarmed. Yeah, absolutely. And that is something uh, that is happening in Germany as well. The law-abiding citizens are really scared. I have this discussion regularly with uh, friends of mine or with, with guys um, that I know from, from sports training or from the gun club. They ask me every time because I'm a police officer and most of the guys know it. So ask me, yeah, uh, what can I carry now? Here yeah, they show me a knife. So can I carry this? Um, can I carry that? And yeah, this, the law-abiding citizens—they are—they are scared, and they are—they are left unsure what is legal and what is illegal. That is a big problem with our uh, weapon and gun laws in Germany. Yeah, is there is there a restriction as to how long your blade can be? Yes. Um, the restriction was, and it's something that is also, honestly, I think it's just ridiculous. You had a limitation for fixed blade knives, uh, blade length up to 12 centimeters. So that is in, uh, uh, in the United States, it is like four, four and a half, um, inches. Is that right? Yeah. And, but you have limitations for folding knives. Okay, so fixed blade. So you said twelve centimeters, which I just googled. It's four point seven inches, mm-hmm. and then a folding knife. What would be the length for that? Yeah, it depends on uh, if you can open it one-handed or not. So if you can open it one-handed, you need a legal reason to carry it. If it's uh, if it's a two-handed opener, it doesn't matter. Wow. That's so dumb. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's dumb because uh, I'm I'm training uh, for many years uh, Filipino martial arts, so I train a lot with knives and knife-related stuff. And um, you're always faster to draw a fixed blade than a folding blade. Yeah, no kidding. So do you? So right now, are you still on the SWAT team, or did you just kind of uh, transfer over to just being a police officer? Yeah, I transferred a few years ago to the K9 unit. Okay. So do you take um even though, you know, the I guess you're not provided with training and you're not required to train, but have you taken it upon yourself to do so so that if you're ever in a, you know, uh like a dangerous situation that you can protect yourself? Yeah. So I train a lot of uh like I said, Filipino martial arts and um like a, a, a non-classical kung fu style, mm-hmm. and also um, yeah, fitness training, some uh, calisthenics and uh, kettlebell training, and uh, also gun training. So I, I, I took uh, several CQP courses 
but uh, outside the police, so on my own expense, and also some other um, yeah tactical courses. Um, I join several shooting competitions per year. So that's what I do for taking care of myself for mm-hmm. free time and for the job as well. And have you noticed that the people that you work with, are they doing similar things? Only a few. Okay. So interesting. Because you think that you would, especially, you know, if you, I mean, considering how things have, you know, the laws and I don't know. I mean, you would just think that you would find like alternative ways to protect yourself or, you know, if you're, especially if you're in that line of work, you would, but I guess, I mean, you kind of see it here in the U.S. as well. A lot of police officers, they only have to qualify, I think, once or twice a year. And so it's not, it's not like extensive training, you know, either, which is unfortunate. Yeah, absolutely. So if you don't have the chance to, to join a SWAT team, I think it's the same in the United States. You have to, to train for yourself. You have to attend some courses and, um, yeah, do, do, do your own stuff. And, um, you have to to spend your own money. I, so I spend it in in my career thousands and thousands of euro for for training for my own equipment and um, yeah everything that belongs to it. Wow! All right. So moving forward, we are going to talk about sportsman's guide. All right, guys, so spring is just right around the corner. In my opinion, it's not coming soon enough, but it is going to be here. So I highly recommend stock up on rain gear. Sportsman's Guide has a bunch of dry gear available, bags, shoes, jackets, pants. Uh, I was even looking. They have a women's complete rain suit for under $30, which is a hell of a deal. And if you go to sportsmansguide.com, if you buy um, over $100 or more and you use the code GUNFUNNY20, you will save $20 off your $100 plus purchase. So um, be sure to do that. And now we're going to get into the AF segment. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as... Never mind. AF. In spite of the so-called victory in Virginia on the assault weapon and suppressor ban, five anti-gun bills were just sent to Governor Northam uh, for signing. And those bills, uh, they include, so red flag gun seizure, allow cities and counties to pass their own tough local gun control ordinances, penalizes gun owners who have their firearms lost or stolen and forget to report them, establishes mandatory gun lock laws, removes the ability of local school boards to allow lawful guns on campus. And uh, aside from those, there's two more measures in the committee that are heading to the governor. And of those, it's limiting handgun purchases to one per month and requiring private gun sales to go through a background check, which that happened here in Colorado in 2013. And that gets complicated as far as the private gun sales, because let's say you lend your gun to a family member who's going hunting or, you know, somebody who, let's say they just got a divorce and they're going through a rough time and you give them your gun just, you know, as added safety, technically that would be illegal. So you'd have to, before doing that, you'd have to go to a gun store and FFL and, and do a background check before getting that gun. So lots of different bills that are set up where it could ultimately, you know, get the law-abiding citizen in trouble and they wouldn't even realize it. It's, I don't know, it's it's just, it's so crazy what's going on in Virginia right now, especially because that's like where the NRA headquarters are, gun owners of America are there. And to think that this is happening in their backyard is just super frustrating and in my opinion, I think that it's just uh, the battle in Virginia and other states is just getting started. So, guys, um, I've said this time and time again, make sure that you're active. Definitely vote not only nationally, but also on a local level, because a lot of these, you know, a lot of gun owners right now are just they're complacent and they're not taking action. Uh, definitely show up to the rallies, show that, you know, 
that we're not going to stand for this. And, you know, and, and for those listeners, some of you guys might think like, oh, well, that actually makes sense. That law's, you know, not so bad, but it's just, there's so many gray areas where this could, you know, get anyone in trouble. And as they say, you give them an inch and they take a mile. All right, now we're going to talk about Sharps Bros. So aside from their awesome lowers, they also offer handguards and they are M-Lock light handguards. They come in 7 inches, 10 inches, 13.7 inches, and 15 inches. And they're available uh, ranging from $130 to $145. You can find that at sharpsbros.com. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. All right. So today's question is somebody wants to know, I want to get my wife a firearm for her birthday. What is the best way to go about it? So have you ever gotten your wife or anybody? I guess it's probably impossible to get somebody, I guess, a gun or a knife or something in Germany. Gun is is very difficult, uh, but I but I bought a knife and flashlight for my for my wife in the past because uh, she also can use it. She is uh, also in the police. Okay, okay, so that was a little bit easier. So I um a lot of people don't realize, but I do have my FFL. For a while, I was selling guns, and I would get this question a lot, like you know, for holidays or special events, people would want to buy uh, somebody a firearm, and um, and basically how you'd go through depending on the state laws. Like here in Colorado, as of July first of two thousand thirteen, private sales are illegal, so you have to, you know, let's say I buy a gun and I want to gift it to, I don't know, my husband, even though I'm not married. So I would have to, well, actually it's a little bit different with spouses. Let's say I wanted to buy my cousin a gun. So I would buy the gun. And then once I gave it to them, we would have to go to a gun store, somebody that had an FFL and do the transfer. And they would log that gun into their books. That person that's getting the gun would do the background check. And then upon approval, then the gun, you know, could go home with them. But what I would recommend instead of doing that I would say gift cards are probably your best bet just because a lot of people, you know, when you pick guns out for somebody, it's kind of like picking out shoes for someone. So let's say, you know, you like, I don't know, let's say I enjoy wearing flats and I can't wear high heels, but you know, the person that just bought me this gun thinks that I love high heels and that I could walk in them really well. Whereas, you know, for me, it's uncomfortable. So guns are one of those things where, you know, it might feel great in your hands, but it's not going to feel great in the other person's hands or maybe it operates really well. And it even depends on, you know, even if it's a, a reliable gun and it shoots well, just the angle of the gun and the ergonomics can greatly, you know, change from person to person and affect their accuracy. So I would say if nothing else, don't buy them a gun, don't pick them out or pick out a gun unless you know that that's the gun that they want. And in that case, I still, I would, I would probably just still get a gift card or buy the gun. Maybe the store will hold it for you until that person could come pick it up. But that's the best way that I think I would go about it. Do you have anything to add to that? No, I couldn't say it better. Yeah. That's, uh, I think it's a great example of what you said. Uh, it's like buying a pair of shoes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's like, it's hard to explain because I'm like, oh, well, what if I love wedges as opposed to high heels? But, you know, so-and-so always sees me wearing high heels, even though they're wedges and they're not high heels. And yeah. Okay. Moving forward, let's talk about Palmer 80. So I just realized they uh, they released their single stack frame kit. It's available on their website. For a while, it was only available through certain distributors of theirs, but now you can get it on their website. It is the PF9SS, 
Uh, it does come in 80%, um, an 80% kit. And if you're wondering, okay, well, what kind of, you know, what kind of gun is it comparable to? I would say it's the Glock 43 and you can get that kit for $140 at polymer80.com. Use the code gunfunny and that will get you 15% off. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Apparently at SHOT Show, Diamondback released a, it's called the Diamondback DBX, and uh, they just had a prototype at SHOT Show, but now I guess it's gone into production, and they're saying that in May these guns are going to be shipping. So what's really cool about this is it's like a, um, it's a pistol with a brace, and uh, the brace actually has the FS-1913 SB Tactical Brace, which looks awesome. That's one of my favorite braces. But what's really cool about this gun is it's chambered in 5.7 by 28. And uh, I think just even a few shows ago, I said that this is definitely going to be the new caliber that a lot of you know, manufacturers are going to start adapt, uh, adopting, you know, making guns that are catering to this cartridge, which is kind of weird to think, because if you think about it, like the FN 5.7, that's been around for years and no other manufacturer really jumped on that bandwagon to, you know, to make guns that were chambered in 5.7. But now there's a lot of guns out there that are. So I'm hoping that this is going to increase production as well as drive the cost down. And, um, I personally think it's a great caliber. It's fun to shoot. I used to own the five, seven, but I don't know. I think I sold that gun. Actually, uh, the PS 90 is one of my favorites to shoot. And as I've said before, if, you know, zombie apocalypse ever happens, that's like my go-to backpack gun. But anyways, what's cool about this gun is, so it's a, a half by 28 threaded barrel. It's available in, uh, it takes the FN 5.7 magazines, but apparently future production models are going to uh, take the Ruger 5.7 magazines as well. Let's see what else is kind of cool about this gun. So again, I haven't even touched this. It's just, I'm literally just looking on the internet. Overall length is 25.4 inches. Folded length is 16.9 inches. It has an 8-inch barrel. Uh, the only thing that I didn't love about this gun was the price tag. MSRP is, uh, roughly $1,300. And I don't know. I guess that's not too bad comparatively. I guess it just kind of depends how it shoots. But when I think of Diamondback, I think that it's relatively inexpensive. So $1,300 kind of seems a little pricey, but who knows? Maybe it shoots really well. And in, let's face it, there's other, you know, uh, pistol types like this gun that are double the price and nobody blinks an eye paying that. So, so definitely check that out. And like I said, it should be shipping in May, which is cool. Maybe I'll get my hands on one and, uh, and then we could talk about it. All right. Moving on triggered brew. So aside from them selling amazing coffee, they also have beef jerky. Uh, it just makes for a great snack on the go. One of my favorites is the Trigger Jerky Tang Bang. So it's a combination of uh, sweet and spicy. And they have, I think it comes in three ounces, but it definitely comes in the seven ounce. That's $15.95. But if you use the code GUNFUNNY, you will get 20% off. And that is at TriggeredBrew.com. So definitely get on that and order yours today. And wrapping up, it's time for iTunes reviews. First review, and by the way, guys, if you haven't left a review, please do so. I'm trying to get my reviews, not up, but I'm trying to add more reviews, so it would greatly help me. I think I'm close to reaching 300 reviews, so if we could reach that, that would be awesome, and I appreciate everyone moving forward who writes a review, and I appreciate the people who continue to write multiple reviews and anyone who has in the past. So first review is John Snow 338 five stars, basically not basic. Always a great listen. I usually listen first thing on Monday, but I haven't been able to until the weekend lately. So the whole, the whole work week has been miserable. Start your week off right by listening to Gun Funny. Second is Federalist 46, five stars, the best Ava Flav. Ava Flav, what more needs to be said? That's like my rap name. Nobody knows that, but I guess now you do. 
Oh, that uh, she puts the flav in her show. Great interviews, interesting topics, guests that some would never have heard before. She has it all. Great show. And I can't wait until the new episodes drop. Oh, I do miss the This Day in History or whatever that segment was called, but I can deal with it. And I think that was Knowledge Bomb that he's referring to. And I just did away with it because it was kind of a pain to find, you know, interesting facts that revolved around guns. But who knows, maybe one of these days I'll bring it back. Uh, you never know. So just to kind of get the ball rolling with reviews, I'm just going to pick both of you guys for a winner. So contact me and I actually have some new patches coming out. So you guys are going to get my new patches. So just contact me on social media, send me your address, and I'll make sure I get those out. And now it's time to wrap up. So guys, you can find me at gunfunny.com. If you haven't subscribed to my new YouTube channel, definitely do so. It's uh, the Ava Flannell YouTube channel, and I've been posting a lot of cool videos on that. Otherwise, you can find links and, uh, you know, where the podcast is located at gunfunny.com. You should also, if you enjoy the show, you should consider becoming a Patreon. And you can pledge as little as $3 a month. That gets you access to our patron-only Facebook page. But there's also a lot of other benefits depending on how much you pledge. And, uh, you know, if you enjoy the show, it would be greatly appreciated. All of those proceeds go to, it goes back into the show. It helps me to afford uh, an editor. So if you think the show sounds better, all that good stuff, even trips, you know, obviously a lot of these trips are not paid for. So that adds up. So it just kind of, you know, it goes to a good cause. And you can do that at patreon.com forward slash gun funny. And Balone Deadline is picking a lucky winner every month to give a $300 gift certificate to. If you guys aren't familiar with Balone Deadline, they do awesome Cerakote jobs. So if nothing else, uh, that's another reason to become a Patreon. I also want to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Michael Alexio, Elliot and Mike Pappas, Joe Lyons, and Justin Paulson. King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. And if you guys want to overthrow him and become King of the Patreon, you just have to pledge uh, more than $100. But until then, Jon Snow, he wants me to say Operator Tickles doesn't play hide and seek. She plays hide it and pray I don't find you. Ooh, so scary. Operator Tickles. All right. And uh, one last thing. I just want to thank Kenny Ortega for editing the show. Uh, greatly appreciate your efforts. And I also wanted to thank you for coming on the show and spending so much time with me. I know it's late over there, so I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And we're out of here. Thank you very much. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.